ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Relation and commentary by His Divine Grace, Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, founder Acharya Viskan. Tadashmasaram hridayam vatedam Yadgrihyamanair harinamadhyayai Navikriyetatha yadavikaro Trejalangatra Ruheshu Harshaha Translation Certainly that heart is steel framed which in spite of one's chanting the holy name of the Lord with concentration does not change when ecstasy takes place tears fill the eyes and the hairs stand on end Purport We should note with profit that in the first three chapters of the second canto, a gradual process of development of devotional service is being presented. In the first chapter, the first step in devotional service for God consciousness by the process of hearing and chanting has been stressed, and a gross conception of the personality of God in His universal form for the beginners is recommended. By such a gross conception of God through the material manifestations of His energy, One is enabled to spiritualize the mind and the senses and gradually concentrate the mind upon Lord Vishnu, the Supreme, who is present as the Supersoul in every heart and everywhere, in every atom of the material universe. The system of Pancha Upasana, recommending five mental attitudes for the common man, is also enacted for this purpose, namely, gradual development. Worship of the superior that may be in the form of fire, electricity, the sun, the mass of living beings, Lord Shiva, and at last the impersonal super-soul, the partial representation of Lord Vishnu. They are all nicely described in the second chapter, but in the third chapter, further development is prescribed after one has actually reached the stage of Vishnu worship, or pure devotional service. And the mature stage of Vishnu worship is suggested herein in relation to the change of heart. The whole process of spiritual culture is aimed at changing the heart of the living being in the matter of his eternal relation with the Supreme Lord as subordinate servant, which is his eternal constitutional position. So with the progress of devotional service, the reaction of change in the heart is exhibited by gradual detachment from the sense of material enjoyment, by a false sense of lauding it over the world, and an increase in the attitude of rendering loving service to the Lord. Vithi bhakti, or regulated devotional service, by the limbs of the body, namely the eyes, the ears, the nose, the hands, and the legs, as already explained herein before, is now stressed herein in relation to the mind, which is the impetus for all activities of the limbs of the body. It is expected by all means that by discharging regulated devotional service, one must manifest the change of heart. If there is no such change, the heart must be considered steel-framed, for it is not melted even when there is chanting of the holy name of the Lord. We must also remember 
that hearing and chanting are the basic principles of, dis- of discharging devotional duties and if they are properly performed they will follow the reactional ecstasy with signs of tears in the eyes and standing of the hairs on the body. These are natural consequences and are the preliminary symptoms of the bhava stage which occurs before one reaches the perfectional stage of praying, love of God. If the reaction does not play, take place even after continuous hearing and chanting of the holy name of the Lord, it may be considered to be due to offenses only. Now that is the opinion of the Sandarbha. In the beginning of chanting of the holy name of the Lord, if the devotee has not been very careful about evading the ten kinds of offenses at the feet of the holy name, certainly the reaction of feelings of separation will not be visible by tears in the eyes and standing of the hair on end. The bhava stage is manifested by eight transcendental symptoms, namely inertness, perspiration, standing of hairs on end, failing in the voice, trembling, paleness of the body, tears in the eyes, and finally trance. The nectar of devotion, a summary study of Srila Rupa Goswami's Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu, explains those symptoms and vividly describes other transcendental developments, both in steady and accelerating manifestations. Srila Vishnachandrai Thakur has very critically discussed all these bhava displays in connection with some unscrupulous neophytes imitating the above symptoms for cheap appreciation. Not only Vishnu Chakravarti but also Srila Rupa Goswami treated them very critically. Sometimes all the above eight symptoms of ecstasy are imitated by the mundane devotees, Prakrita Sahajiras. But the pseudo-symptoms are at once detected when one sees the pseudo-devotee addicted to so many forbidden things. Even though decorated with the signs of a devotee, a person addicted to smoking, drinking or illegitimate sex with women cannot have all the above-mentioned ecstatic symptoms. But it is seen that sometimes these symptoms are willfully imitated. And for this reason, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti accuses the imitators of being stone-hearted men. They are sometimes even affected by the reflection of such transcendental symptoms. Yet if they do not, still do not give up the forbidden habits, then they are hopeless cases for transcendental realization. When Lord Chaitanya met Srila Ramananda Rai of Kavor on the bank of the Godavar, the Lord developed all these symptoms, but because of the presence of some non-devotee Brahmanas who are attendants of the Rai, the Lord suppressed these symptoms. So sometimes they are not visible even in the body, even in the body of the first class devotee for certain circumstantial reasons. Therefore, real steady power is definitely displayed in the matter of cessation of material desires, shanti, utilization of every moment in the transcendental service of the Lord, abhyartha, kalatva, eagerness for glorifying the Lord constantly, namadane sadaru attraction for living in the land of the Lord, Preetis Tattvasati's Thale. Complete detachment from material happiness, Virakti, and pridelessness, Manashunyata. One who has developed all these transcendental qualities is really possessed of the Bhava stage, as distinguished from the stone-hearted imitator or mundane devotee. The whole process can be summarized as follows. The advanced devotee who chants the holy name of the Lord in a perfectly offenseless manner and is friendly to everyone who can actually relish the transcendental taste of glorifying the Lord. And the result of such realization is reflected in the cessation of all material desires, etc., as mentioned above. 
The neophytes, due to their being in the lower stage of devotional service, are invariably envious, so much so that they invent their own ways and means of devotional regulations without following the acharyas. As such, even if they make a show of constantly chanting the holy name of the Lord, they cannot relish the transcendental taste of the holy name. Therefore, the show of tears in the eyes, trembling, perspiration, or unconsciousness, etc., is condemned. They can, however, get in touch with a pure devotee and rectify their bad habits. Otherwise, they shall continue to be stone-hearted and unfit for any treatment. A complete progressive march on the return path home back to Godhead will depend on the instructions of the revealed scriptures directed by a realized devotee. In this verse, Shonakarishi brings to a culmination the series of important matters that he has discussed. This section of Bhagavatam is very important, of course all the Bhagavatam is important, but in some of these sections of the Bhagavatam we find instructions that are particularly relevant to the sadha or to the siddha devotee. So this series of verses is brought to a culmination in this verse by Shonakarishi and in the next verse he asks Sutta Goswami to continue speaking. Now it may be asked, how is it that Shonakarishi, who is in the position of a disciple, is speaking so many things in the presence of Sutta Goswami, who is in the position of Guru here. Sutta Goswami is speaking. And Shonakadi Rishi, Shonakarishi and all the other great sages are hearing. So how is it that Shonakarishi has just given so many important instructions? He's giving important instructions on the on the importance of devotional service, how we have to utilize this human form of life because every time the sun rises and sets, we are losing time unless we're engaged in the service of the Lord. Udita tapana hoyla asta dingalo bali hoyla bastas. also noted that the day the sun rises, we become busy, the sun goes down. But unless we engage our time in the service of the Lord, our time is simply wasted. And everything else, not in relationship to devotional service, is simply useless. So it may be asked that... Shonakrishi elaborates on this. So it may be asked that, how is it that he is speaking so many things? Because the duty of a disciple is to listen to the Guru, not to speak to the Guru. You should hear. It's not that we have a discussion. It's all, we're all here together and I'll give my opinion and someone else can give their opinion and we'll mix it all up in the pot of our mind and make mental kitchery. This is called eclecticism. You take a little bit from here, you take a little bit, you hear so, you read so many books, you hear so many philosophies, you take a little bit here and there and you hocus pocus it up in your mind and then you come up with my, my philosophy today and tomorrow I'll have another philosophy. And this is considered 
by foolish people to be the philosophical search for the truth. However, in Vedic understanding, there's not so much a philosophical search for the truth as a search for a guru. A guru who is tattva-darshi, who knows the truth. And then if you go, if you find a tattva-darshi guru, then you don't have to search for the truth. You just take it, that's all. You just get it. There's no question of searching. Those who are so-called searching for the truth, that means they don't know even where to look. It's a useless search. It's just like uh, if you go in an apple orchard and you ser- you're searching for mangoes. Where are the mangoes? You're in the wrong place. If you go to the cloth shop and say, please give me two kilos of rice. You're in the wrong place. You don't even know where to, you should at least know where to look. So one has to go to a guru and one should hear from him, having surrendered to him, about the topmost benefit. Not that you say, well, alright, Guruji, now I'm going to give you some instruction. Or let's have a discussion. And if I like what you say, then I'll accept it. If I don't, I won't. That is not the process. One has to hear submissively. So here we see that Shonaka Rishi is speaking, and what he's speaking, it's, uh, it's on a very high level of realization. As Prabhupada points out at the beginning of the purport, it's a long purport, relatively long, Prabhupada points out that these first three chapters of the Bhagavatam, second canto, they're concerned with progressive levels of God-realization. <coughs> Coming up to this point, pure devotional service. So Shonaka Rishi is expressing in these verses that he's not in the beginning stages. He's already understood that what is the use of eyes which do not see the form of the Lord? They are just like the eyes on a peacock's feather peacock's tail, which may look very nice, but they, are com- they don't have any function to see. What is the use of ears that do not hear about Krishna? It's like ear holes like snake holes. What is the use of a great turban, very fancy turban? With, previously in Vedic culture, men used to wear turbans decorated with valuable jewels. What is the use if it's simply a a useless weight burden on your head unless you bow down your head before the Lord. So Shonaka Rishi is expressing he's on a high level of God-realization. Now he's approaching Sutta Goswami to hear more about Krishna. <clears throat> now it can be deduced from this that Shonaka Rishi, now he's come to hear from Sutta Goswami, it can be deduced from this that he's heard about Krishna before. Sudha Goswami is not his first guru. He's not the first person to speak to him about Krishna. Otherwise, how has he got this knowledge? He's come to this platform. He's heard about Krishna from others. And he's considered the subject matter and come to the conclusion that everything without Krishna is useless. Now he's expressing that very nice expression. 
So, although generally the duty of the disciple is to hear from the Guru, he may also express with the Guru's permission, he may express some realization that will be pleasing to the Guru to hear. Sometimes Prabhupada used to listen to his own disciples' classes. So what will he listen to? They're only speaking what they had heard from him. But he also liked to hear how they were expressing their realization. And it may be, although a disciple should never think like this, he should never personally think like this, but it may be that a disciple also has some realizations which are even apparently more deep than those of the Guru. That may be, but he's, if he has any realization, he should think this is only possible by the mercy of my Guru. And it may be like that, because ultimately all realization that comes from Krishna, matasmiti jnana apohanam cha, any realization only comes from Krishna. And Krishna may choose to manifest different realizations about himself through different devotees at different times in the... We, we see history as a linear continuum. But actually, knowledge of Krishna is eternally manifest and it is to different degrees in different stages in what we see as human history. Just like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Anarpita Charing Chirat Kalo, he came to offer something which was never offered before, at least in this day of Brahma. So it's not that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave something new, but from our perspective it seemed to be new. And certainly Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he taught so many things which Ishvara Puri is not known to have taught. So it may be that the disciple is apparently more than the Guru. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsvartaka was apparently more than Gorki Shotas Prabhuji Maharaj. If that wasn't so, if the disciple was always, the disciple always considers himself in a lesser position, but if he's actually in a lesser position, then that would mean that the parampara would always be in decline. So, Krishna may manifest through various devotees in various times, various realizations to those devotees who consider themselves fully dependent on the mercy of their Guru. If one thinks, now I have become more, then he loses everything. Just like one of our God-brothers, actually at one point he was expressing so many wonderful realizations, but he stated previously Prabhupada was in the center, now I am in the center. And then he just fell into the center of the material ocean. Not surprising. Because he was thinking, now I have become more than my guru. And so he became again a mouse. Punar Mushika Baba. By the grace of one's guru, one may apparently become more. Just like Arjuna seemed to be more than Krishna. Krishna was only driving the chariot. Arjuna was fighting. Hanuman seemed to be more than Ram. Ram performed a very wonderful feat of building a bridge of floating stones, but Hanuman didn't even have to do that. He just jumped. So he appeared to be more than Ram. But only because he always realized it is by the grace of Ram. 
So Prabhupada mentions that, that in one purport that by the mercy of Lord Nityananda Prabhu one may a devotee may be empowered to apparently do even more than he. Just like Prabhupada once the proposition was someone had said and it was relayed to Prabhupada that actually what's all this you're doing preaching all over the world? If Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had wanted that, he would have personally done it. So you shouldn't do it. Very strange kind of mentality. Prabhupada said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not personally preach all over the world because he wanted to give the credit to me. So one may become more. Of course here, more not actually more. No one can ever become more than his guru. But he may become the instrument to express various realizations on behalf of his guru or perform various activities on behalf of his guru. Now here, Sonagrishi, he's expressing some realization, but it's not actually more than that which Sutta will express. It's a very high level of realization that everything without Krishna is useless. But it's actually just prompting or encouraging Sutta Goswami to speak more about Krishna. He is by, by expressing these points that ear holes like snake holes, eyes like eye, those on a peacock feather, the, uh, the turban is a heavy weight only if it doesn't bow down before Krishna. The whole life is wasted. Ayoharati Vaipunsa is taken away by that person who does not glorify Krishna. So he's expressing these points to make it clear to Sutta Goswami that he wants to hear about Krishna. He wants to hear that subject matter which is vital. That is the subject matter of Krishna. And he is a worthy candidate to actually hear about Krishna. It's not that everyone is even qualified to hear about Krishna. Many people, if we, if we even try to speak about Krishna, those who are preaching, they have this experience. If you, they have an aversion to hearing about Krishna. Matya na Krishna paratasvatova, matya vipadhyeta grihabrata. They are grihabrata. They have made the firm vow that I punarapi jananam punarapi maranam punarapi janane jatare shayanam. That's me. I want to be born again and again. Let us live in this material world. Let us not surrender to Krishna under any circumstances. We may make mental confabulations. We may hear advice from others. We may discuss about the truth and religion and dharma and ethics and morality and humanitarianism and altruism and so many things. But we shall never under any circumstances surrender to Krishna. Because we must chew that which is chewed we must not control our senses we must enter into the darkest regions of ignorance so we find in preaching that we may speak to some people and they are as Prabhupada often said simply rascals no logic no reasonable presentation will convince them that we should surrender to Krishna. They are very expert in creating one stupid argument after another. You defeat their one stupid argument and they'll make another one. They, they, 
they invent them on the spot by the power of maya they are empowered to create so many useless and even they don't even mind to contradict themselves they're completely shameless but their conclusion is we shall not surrender to krishna so it is not proper to speak about krishna to people who are determined to not to understand krishna who are envious of krishna who are offensive to krishna <coughs> so sudha goswami wants to make it very sorry shona karishi wants to make it very clear to sudha goswami that yes we want to hear about krishna and we are fully convinced of the need to hear about krishna that this is the only need there is no other need there is no other necessity everything else which may be considered as a necessity in human society other than hearing about and sur- surrendering to krishna is simply a, a mental speculation which binds us in material life as krishna states at the end of bhagavad gita he brings arjuna to this point sarvadhaman pratyaja mam ekam shanam bhaja give up all kinds of concocted religions and just surrender to me that why that should be is further explained in the beginning of bhagavatam dharmasvanishtita pungsam vishvaksena katasuyaha that any idea of dharma conceived of without surrender to krishna that is simply a useless waste of time and what the, the surrender to krishna that is the prerequisite for actually hearing about krishna so if one is actually surrendered to krishna then he can hear about krishna and gain a taste for hearing about krishna but one has to actually understand this that so here shonaka rishi is giving so many elaborations on the point that everything without krishna is useless this whole series of verses here in bhagavata he's elaborating on the point making it very clear and actually this is the meaning of sarvadhaman pratyajamame kamsharanam raja to have full conviction that without krishna without surrendering to krishna without being fully krishna conscious everything is useless waste of time and this is the platform on which one can actually hear about krishna and gain a taste vishwa vishvaksena katasuya one can have vasudeva kataruchi taste for hearing about krishna if he is actually surrendered to krishna with the conviction that life is only meant for hearing about krishna so that will mark the difference between a devotee who is performing devotional service as a formality and one who is actually very serious to understand krishna and to surrender to krishna it may appear in many ways that all devotees are more or less the same at least devotees are supposed to rise early go to mangalarti chant hari krishna japa go to kirtan engage in service all these things 
So within a temple we may find all the devotees are doing this. But still there's a difference. It's not that all devotees are the same. There's a difference in the attitude of various devotees. It may be that someone is doing all these things and he may not be advancing much. It may be that someone else is doing and they're actually very advanced devotees, although externally the activities may seem to be much the same. It may be that someone does these things for many years, but doesn't actually make much advancement. It depends on the attitude. Prabhupada writes in the introduction or preface to the Nectar of Instruction that advancement in Krishna consciousness depends on the attitude of the performer. Not the, we say you have to follow vidhi, all these rules and regulations. So that is required. But it's not only the rules and regulations, but the attitude with which one performs them. You see, the, generally, wherever there's a temple or any religious institution, I'm not specifically talking about ISKCON now, but generally, we find that someone will come and occupy the rooms there and the situation which is offered and maintain their body and maybe their family's bodies also very nicely because a temple or a church or whatever provides that facility that there, is some, there are some rooms for staying in there is some arrangement for eating so that's what everyone in this material world is looking for the opportunity for comfortably executing ahara nidra bhayamaitu eating, sleeping, mating and living safely, comfortably, free from fear. So that facility is there. So it's not surprising if that facility is there, if someone will come and occupy it. And if the price for occupying that facility is that you have to do some puja and you have to do some seva, then you'll find someone will do it. We find so many temples where the puja is going on, the puja, he, he does his job, ding, 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 ding. And then, uh, then he goes and watches the movies in his home, which is just there because and no one will complain. You see, it's his job. He does his ding, 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 ding. He does that. So who can complain? What else he does the rest of the time? So it may be that someone is performing devotional service, whatever is required to get their chapati. That may be his attitude. And someone else may be performing devotional service, but how can I fully surrender to Krishna? They're not there for the chapati particularly. They're there for Krishna. And there may be many levels of devotees in between. But here, Shonakarishi is explaining that we didn't come here for the chapati. We came here for Krishna. We want to hear about Krishna. So such a person is suitable to hear about Krishna. Sutta Goswami will explain as Shukadev, another disciple who sat in front of his gurus and spoke. 
He will explain as Shukadev Goswami has explained. And many, of course, Bhagavatam is full of Bhagavat Tattva Vigyana, scientific knowledge of the personality of Godhead. But Bhagavat Tattva Vigyana that culminates in Rasakatha, in hearing about, discussing the wonderful exchanges that Krishna has with his devotees. And particularly in the Bhagavatam, in the 10th canto, the uh, descriptions of Krishna's very intimate pastimes with his devotees. So actually this is not meant for discussion by anyone and everyone. It is meant for discussion by devotees who are actually surrendered to Krishna, who can appreciate this. Otherwise, as Prabhupada discusses in this purport, there may be devotees who consider themselves to be highly advanced, but it is seen practically that even though they may like to discuss about Radha, Bhav, and Gopi Leelas and so many things, at the same time it is seen that they are still attached to sense gratification either gross or it may be subtle also. Sense gratification can come in many forms. Prabhupada even mentions in one purport that staying in Puri, Vrindavan or Navadvip can be for one's own sense gratification. Someone may think, well let me live in the Dham. But they like to live there to avoid the order of the Guru to preach Krishna consciousness all over the world. Or they may like to live there and gain the reputation of being a Dhambasi or a very highly elevated devotee. So Prabhupada notes that even that is sense gratification. What to speak of grosser forms of sense gratification. Even the desire to be recognized, that is also. Dushtaman tumi kishe vaishnav patishta tare nirjana gore toma tava harinam keval koita. But this Dunsasar Thakur also pointed this out that, my dear mind, you are, you are fooling yourself that you are a great devotee because you like to sit and chant so many rounds, but actually you haven't recognized that this is all simply for the sake of personal prestige which Bhaktisthana Saraswati further describes as Tava Pratishta Sukhore Bhishta Your name and fame Oh, what a great Vaishnava! He compares to being as relishable as the stool of a pig. This is your so-called Harinam chanting so many rounds and not preaching Krishna consciousness. So, sense gratification may come in many forms. Even that of desiring to be known as a great devotee, even that of hearing the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna. If one is not actually surrendered to the order of the Paramahamsa Guru and acts, is not acting only according to his instruction and for his pleasure, then 
hearing about the intimate pastimes of Krishna, that can also be one form of sense gratification. And we see that generally, people who like to go to these katakas, these professional speakers, or maybe not even professional, but they like, these speakers on Bhagavatam, they like to discuss so many elevated topics. They always, whenever they speak, it will always be how Krishna is pulling the clothes off Radharani or some other highly elevated topic, which is not meant for open discussion. Not even meant for publishing in books and distributing wine. That's, it's a very secret topic. But uh, they may like to discuss all these things, but they don't like to discuss Pungsastriya Mittuni Bhavametam Tayaraho Hridaya Grantimaho Ato Griha Kshetra Sutapravita Janasya Moho Yamahamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
even though these symptoms may be there, a devotee doesn't advertise them. Prabhupada gives the example that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu met Ramananda Rai at Kavur on the bank of the Godavari, then naturally on meeting his great devotee, he felt such great ecstasy that the Brahmanas, they were ordinary smarter Brahmanas, worldly Brahmanas, who were accompanying Rai Ramananda, they were surprised. They thought, why this sannyasi is he's a, expressing ecstasy on seeing this Shudra? They were considering Rai Ramananda Shudra. He was actually the governor, but in Hindu society in those days, especially in Bengal, all non-Brahmanas were considered Shudras. This was not Bengal, this was South India. But uh, he was what is known in Bengal as the Kayastaka. He was in, he was in the, he was a Shudra in as much as he was the Kayastas, they may be very intelligent administrators, but they are in the service of others. He's in, he was in the service of the king. So even though he's in a highly elevated position, like Rupan Sanatan also, they were expelled from Brahmana society because they accepted service, even the service of a prime minister. Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, they should not accept his service. It's called Shvavriti, the occupation of a dog. So the Brahmanas, they were surprised. How is it this sannyasi, he's become ecstatic on seeing this Shudra? Even though they were accompanying him, they considered him inferior. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw that all these worldly-minded people are present, so he controlled his ecstasy. He didn't want to show it in front of others. Whereas the pseudo-devotees, they particularly make a point of exhibiting their so-called ecstasy in front of others. I've seen many times in Bangladesh, which is a land of this Sahajiya Bhav, that many, many times people would come to see me and, you know, body shaking, <laughs> crying like this, and I'd simply ignore them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, they're expecting because that's what they do. When one meets another, then the other one also starts to shake and cry and collapse and all these kind of things. So I just ignore them. And then their ecstatic symptoms would also recede, probably due to, either due to the being in contact with a stone-hearted person like myself, which is, or that it didn't find, it didn't, they didn't find any reciprocation. In other words, their uncontrollable ecstasy somehow or other became controlled. Huh? I can't. I, I'll take one. All right. Okay, that's a sign we should be closing this class. So this uh, artificial exhibition of ecstasy is not desirable. Ecstasy that is desirable, that we want. That will come. Automatically, if one is actually fully engaged in Krishna's service, and that means not doing whatever you, 
that means not doing just whatever is required to get one's chapati. Rather, if one is so busy that he doesn't have time to eat his chapati, that will be the platform on which the ecstasy of Krishna consciousness will be manifested. So in some ways, actually, although these temples, they are good facilities for becoming Krishna conscious. But in some ways they can be very dangerous also. Because the tendency is there towards, maybe there towards living comfortably. So in many ways, it's, if one is going out, facing the non-devotees, not simply accepting Krishna consciousness in a comfortable way, but accepting discomfort in Krishna's service. That will be very beneficial for one's advancement. It means discomfort, that doesn't mean that you have to get a bed of nails. Not that. No artificial. There's no need for artificial austerities. I, preaching Krishna consciousness that in itself, if one is actually preaching, there will be so many austerities. But if one is actually preaching, then the symptom will be there will be so many, so much opposition. And even uh, devotees of our own society, if one actually preaches, as Prabhupada preaches, and lets others know that if you're not Krishna conscious, then you're simply, what is that? Svavidvara Harshtrakarai. You're in the uh, category of a hog eater. Sorry, stool eating hog. Shravidvaraha, or a camel, or an ass. Hogs, dogs, camels, and asses. So if we preach like this, then we'll find that many of our own devotees say, no, 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 don't say like that. If you say like that, then people won't give money, and then how will we get our chapati? We have to be realistic. We have to be pragmatic. But actually we have to speak the message of Bhagavatam. People may like or not like. There are so many instances where I was reading recently that one of the disciples of Bhaktisthan Sarasar Thakur, he was lecturing in Dhaka. And by the end, the whole hall was filled with well-known people of the city. In those days, Dhaka was, a, was part of British India. So there were so many pundits, scholars of Shastra, caste Goswamis, and he simply blasted on this way. Anyone who is not Krishna conscious, even a show of making Krishna conscious, this so-called Guru Giri, becoming a Guru by, by uh, profession, Peshad Hari Guru, it's easy, all bogus. He just blasted. At the end of the lecture, the whole hall, which was filled with hundreds of people, there are only two people left. Himself and one other. What had happened, the week before they had invited him, and he spoke in a general way, that yes, Krishna is supreme, Krishna is wonderful, and they all applauded him, and they called him back the next week. So he said to this Subodh, who had come with him, the next, he said, just see what the reaction was. Last time I spoke in a general way, this time I'm going to speak the truth. And just see what the last time they all applauded me, just see what their reaction is this time. 
So the reaction was they all left, except one. So he, le- he lost the whole hall full of people. And he gained one soul. That one person became convinced that actually, because this Subod was thinking, either this Tirta either Maharaj is completely crazy, or he's actually speaking the truth. Now I have to consider. He considered. Actually he's speaking the truth. So he left home, came to Mayapur, and on the, the day he was to take initiation, a telegram came from Dhaka, from one of the most prominent people, that please don't give him initiation. If you give him initiation, it will disturb him. He's a family man. His whole family life will be destroyed. So Bhagavan Saraswati read it and gave him initiation and sent him away to some remote village so that if anyone came from Dhaka to pull him back, they couldn't get him. This was his policy. Preach it. So, that lecture, Tirta Maharaj, he lost the whole hall full of the elites, as they say in India. Actually the pronunciation is elite, but in India they say elite. So, he lost them all, and he gained one person. And that person was to become the most prominent writer in the Gorya Mat. Later, of course, Prabhupada came, but he, he wrote, he, he transcribed so many of Bhaktis. We have so many lectures of Bhaktis Jansar Thakur, which are because he wrote them all down as he was lecturing, published them. He wrote so many articles. He edited the Gorya magazine, which was the magazine in which it was this magazine was, it was a piece of paper, but it was like a bomb. Because every edition, it would just, every misconception, so many misconceptions, you would just be blasting them and establishing the actual Shastric conclusion. So, Bhaktisthan Sasrataka, his ecstasy, he was expressing by his fighting for Krishna at every step, he fought that this is the actual truth. And this artificial display of ecstasy, this is all simply bogus. So, Hare Krishna. What were you saying, David Prabhu? Explain what Amir Vilas Maharaj, what about him? Shaking in ecstasy. It must be due to his um, full engagement in devotional service that I was discussing, and he's experiencing the ecstasy of Krishna consciousness. One of Prabhupada's godbrothers, Prabhupada went to see him once at the Chaitanya Mat with Brahmananda. And while they were talking, he had his hand, just like you have your, like they were shaking all the time. Like this. So after they came back, Brahmananda said to Prabhupada, he told me this personally, but you see, oh, he was all the time chanting. Prabhupada said he never chanted around in his life. <laughs> he said that, but you see, his hand was always moving. Prabhupada said he had palsy. You know, palsy. What's the Hindi name? I, I, I heard it. Where the hand is always, it's always shaking. What's that called? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Huh? There's some word. Yeah, disease of trembling. Like that. Dear Prime Minister, in the middle of the class, it's there that 
they live in another room. Don't mind me saying. But I shouldn't say to you, but through you I can say to everyone that actually Prabhupada's Vyasasam, you're like leaning on it, it's worshipable. Don't mind. Okay. Uh, she said, they It's a good question and I can only offer a speculative reply. But apparently they had heard about Krishna. Otherwise how could he say all these things which he said? But he's asking Sudha Goswami that we want to hear more. That means they'd heard generally about Krishna and the nature of Krishna consciousness. You may have heard from Wagner Pradashak gurus or those who have given some idea. But still, uh, you see, to change people's habits, it may take time. So they may have... We see that many devotees, even after taking the devotional service, they remain attached to... It may be to demigod worship, or it may be to watching the TV or various things. So they weren't attached to that, but they were attached to ritualistic ceremonies, which were, after all, meant for, ultimately meant for yagya, yagya by Vishnu, they're meant for Vishnu worship. But they started this, and then they realized, actually, what are we doing? Sudha Goswami, let's hear from him, that's better. So it may be like that. Do you have another suggestion? All right, let's hear it. I thought that when they heard from the Swami, they wanted to narrate Narendra. They were really hearing. They got so much faith that Swami Swarishi became so happy and expressive. And then he prayed for his Maharaj. Look at the Maharaj, the wonderful book of childhood. He prayed for his Therefore, when they met, there must have been discussion of Krishna. They, right. weren't, they weren't discussing the news.
Well, it may be also that, that the realization may be in one's heart, but it, it manifests at a certain time by the grace of Krishna. Just like the great example is Bilvamangal Thakur, who was a great devotee on the, on the level of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appreciated his Krishna Kanamrita so much. So that was there, but it was superficially covered by a gross materialism. But then just when the time was right, then Chintamani said, Oh, if you had as much attachment for Krishna as you had for this bag of bones, then what if, and then, oh, Krishna, oh, how I've been wasting my life. And then whatever was there previously, that all came out. So it was there, but it was just waiting the time for it to be Krishna again. Matasmiti again or Krishna has his way of manif- that 